The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right. It is going down this Saturday night. We're going to be uh, coming from Calgary Chapel, Boise. I got my friend Tucker, and I'm going to let you just say your last name. Yes, my name is Tucker Mail. You can say my Ile if you're from Hawaii, but uh, <laughs> Tucker Mail works, and yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I met, we, well, actually, a lot of people that follow the Whosoever's Movement know that during COVID, we uh, got shut down in California. Everyone was masked up. Everything was locked down. You couldn't go to a playground because right. that COVID was going to jump on you. Yep. And uh, people were scared out of their minds. But I remember just sitting at my house uh, and I was just like, man, would Jesus just be posted up hanging mm. at his house or what would he be doing? Because we were getting like the uh, statistics happening that suicide was going up, spouse abuse, drugs, emergencies were getting full of, of people from like actually overdosing and, and, and people getting in fights and stuff at home. And I thought to myself, I said, man, I just want to be on mission. So I called my cousin. He lives up in a horseshoe band. And I was right like, hey, on. man. You're in Idaho. I don't know anything about Idaho, but are uh, you guys on lockdown? He's like, no. He's all, dude, we're, we're wide open. I was like, what? There's a place that's wide open? Yeah. Because when you're in California and you hear the news, you think that the whole world's just yeah, shut yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I packed, I called the ambassadors and I said, hey, dude, we're going to Idaho. They're like, Idaho? I said, yes, there's skate parks and there's really mm. good ones. I saw the, the people of Element uh, created some awesome ones, roads and one in Caldwell and Star and, and different uh, places in, in the Boise area. So I made flyers, 10,000 flyers with all the skate parks and the time for three o'clock. I didn't know that's the peak of the heat of the day in wow, summer. Wow, dude, it's so hot. Three and o'clock. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we showed up here and we got an Airbnb and it happened to be your Airbnb. But we didn't even know. Dude, it was so crazy. So we <laughs> Airbnb our house and uh, you guys check out and then some mail came in. And yeah. I was like, mail. And I look at it and it's, it had your name. I was like, dude, I've heard of this guy. And I'm feeling, I don't want to open it because I was like, dude, someday I had this vision of bringing you a, a manila envelope, kind of like the end of Castaway. And we're all like, I thought it would be like 10 years down the road. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I think we're supposed to connect. And, uh, but I felt it was like uh, flyers. flyers that yeah. you guys were passing out. Yeah, and so I just sat on, I was like, dude, D, look up who stayed at our house. And she's like, this is who it was. And I was like, these guys are like, traveling evangelists and I'm a pastor of church. So I'm like, right, I think right. God's up to something. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, dude, someday I think I'm supposed to meet this guy. Dude, and I, I didn't know how I didn't reach out to you or anything. I just held on to this middle envelope. We, there was a guy, Nate, Nate 208 that yes. he, we, we baptized him when we were here and we plugged him into your church. Yep. We said, Hey, go to Calvary Chapel, yep. Boise. We didn't know you guys. And you, you should have him on your radio show. Cause he just had a crazy God experience. His son just got into a uh, skateboarding accident you, oh, his, yeah. and his head cracked open. And they had the whole church praying, and he basically had this miraculous recovery. So Nate has become a rad story in our church. But okay, yeah, you guys reeled him in, and now he's here. So Nate, if you're I need. Watching, I need. So. A, I'm going to talk to him. I'll, we'll see why we're we're up here now that I'm up here. But um, yeah, he uh, he came and he talked to someone here and goes he and then he tell me he goes, hey, you guys stayed at this, yeah. the pastor's house. Yeah, I'm like, who? So anyway, long story short. Uh, we came up here to Boise and uh, me and my family came up here and we, we, we moved here recently about uh, six months ago and we were trying to figure out, you know, looking at all the different churches and uh, we kept coming back here because our friends come here, even though it's far from our house, we kept coming here and we liked it. And then I just saw you one day yeah. and I was like, you know what? Cause I didn't know who the pastor was till you were got on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, hey, I'm Ryan. Yeah. We stayed at your house. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. And I think at that point, I'd finally thrown. I was like, dude, he doesn't need them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so they're old. They're gone. But I was like, oh my gosh, it's, this is our moment to meet. And yeah. so I was like, we got to get, we got to hook up. Let's, and we did. We talked and we just shared each other's stories. And that's what brings us to this interview. Yeah. yeah. Because your story, you know, you're 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 from Idaho, but your story is radical. Mm. It is a radical story. You know, it reminds me of like when, when we, you know, we were talking earlier about back in uh, the Jesus people movement in the hippie days when Calvary Chapel first birthed all these dudes, like the original dudes that started the movement with Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee came out yeah. of homosexuality, yep. you know, uh, 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 Mike McIntosh, he thought his head was blown off from all the LSD and he was ended up in a room where they were doing like witchcraft. Yep. Uh, my dad was like a violent, crazy guy, almost killed a guy. And my murdered my mom and my my my, my brothers and, and my, both my brothers. 
And then you got Jeff Johnson butt naked taking LSD in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hawaii, waiting for the UFOs to come yeah. down. You know, you got all these crazy radical stories of yes. God encountering them, saving them, transforming them, forming these young guys. And then he used them to birth this huge Calvary Chapel movement. Yep. And now, and it's so funny because, you know, Calvary Chapel went through these like these golden years in the 80s and 90s and it got real cleaned up and polished. Mm -hmm. But now I'm meeting all these guys like you and me and these different people that are uh, getting saved radically through these yep. radical stories. And God is using these ordinary men. Yep. To do extraordinary. Well, I think things. I think not only did Calvary Chapel get cleaned up, I feel like Christianity got cleaned it up. It did. Like even now, you know, I'm I'm getting introduced to your audience, and just that's who I am now. I'm a pastor. Yeah. And dude, I'm I'll be on an airplane. People are like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. And you can just see their face be like, oh, like, and they're like <laughs> sit up straight, and they're like, sorry, I was reading this secular magazine, and it's like this idea that Christianity yeah. is for these like, you know, what was the Homer Simpson Ned guy? He's like. Mm -hmm. The face of Christianity and, and my even now I'm like, dude, it's good to remember what God pulls people from yeah. and that he calls people to be leaders or messengers or preachers or servants yeah. as a radical transformation of where they were. Mm -hmm. My story isn't that I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pastor someday. Like yeah. it's either astronaut or pastor. And yeah. then, you know, and then I just squeaky clean my way into, you know, studying the Bible and and. and I think Christianity, Jesus meeting people, mm -hmm. he's always pulling people mm -hmm. from the wilderness or from a, a time in their life where they really did need salvation. Mm -hmm. And I, I, we were talking earlier, I think the idea of Christianity as this bubble that, you know, people look at and they're like, these guys are just squeaky clean and weird. Mm -hmm. That is, the stories need to be told, your story, and you need to be pulling people in so that we can be witnesses of the God who pulls people into his kingdom in ways that, you know, like the stories you shared, radical ways. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't, you know, I don't think of my story as anything special other than I just like to remind myself and others that God uses crazy people yeah. and crazy circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then he, you know, he puts us in, in yeah. you know, new clothes and cleans us up. But, um, you know, you know, what's interesting is as you're saying this stuff, I'm just thinking about all the stories in the Bible. Yeah. When you read Genesis, the revelations. Yeah. And this is why it's important to read the word. Yeah. Cause you, you see, it's not all these perfect people. It's actually quite the opposite. It's, it's a story of grace from Genesis, the revelations yeah. of these guys like you and me, women that are trying to do the right thing. Yeah. They have these faith laps. They, you know, Noah gets drunk, yeah, ends up yeah, naked, yeah. Yep. but God has his grace on him. Samson's a Nazarite. He's supposed to be set apart. He's getting drunk, getting fights, chasing women. You know, you have Peter, you have Judas, you have all these, this, this, this imperfect people, but God's grace in their life. And he uses them yeah. as he puts them first, as they put him first, they use them and he gives them uh, a new life. Yeah. And that's what this, that's, it's not, Christianity's not clean. The, the, the church it's a hospital yep. and it's where we come to learn about God's word so we can apply it yep. to our life. Yep. And we're going to mess up. We're going to fail, but we keep heading to the cross daily. And yep. we ask God to give us the power from heaven, the Holy Spirit to transform us and, and to give us the power to be who he has called us to be. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're, you're not all, you're just a normal guy. And that's what the disciples were. Yeah, dude. Normal guys yes. living yep. the Great Commission. Amen. And I'm, I'm excited for this generation of stories that are going to come in. Mm -hmm. There are some crazy, weird things happening in our world, which just means that there are some wild stories of redemption that are going to happen. Absolutely. Because what you describe in the 60s, 70s, there was just crazy things happening. Yep. LSD and yep. you know, guys tripping out and thinking about the end of the world. That was just the scene that God was allowing to set up mm -hmm. the stories in. And mm -hmm. so if you get this tame world where it's like Christianity only works in the tame, mm -hmm. you don't get to see or hear about these stories. And so, wow, what an interesting next five, ten years the church is going to, if we do this right, we're going to, so many people will sit across from you and be like, bro. You were saying uh, earlier before the radio show how, you know, when you're looking at, well, you, you could talk about how, you know, the parallel from, from the 60s and 70s to yeah. like what's going on now. Yeah. You wanna, you wanna yeah. Like, well, I, I think that, you know, we're Calvary Chapel guys mm -hmm. and, and we live on the bookends of the Calvary Chapel movement mm -hmm. where 
we were, we're old enough to look back and still we received from guys that were getting saved out of drugs and hippie and Vietnam War protests. Yeah. And now, 40 years later, which is a biblical generation, mm-hmm. we're looking back and thinking, well, what's this new thing going to be? Mm-hmm. And I, I find it so interesting how paralleled our times are mm-hmm. from the beginning of the movement when it was just confusion in, in the United States. And there was a bunch of young people that wanted purpose and they were searching everywhere but the church. Yep. They were they were looking to rock and roll and music and drugs and a way to live in um, in some sort of like hope of love and peace, but mm-hmm. they couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. And there was racism too. Racism and war protests. Yeah. It was just all the parallels. Yeah. It was like yeah. the enemy's playbook was the exact same exactly. and the Lord's setting it all up, letting it all unfold. And then you just have the Holy Spirit, boom, just capture all these people. You have all of this, you know, the, the riffraff of that movement of, of the 70s or late 60s come in. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to us, and we're like scratching our head, probably like they were in the late in the mid sixties. Like, what are we gonna do? That's that's exactly what you said. Is when the Holy Spirit just came in. Yeah, it was just a move of of, of the Holy Spirit. It was all it was, and that's that's what we need nowadays. Because when you look at people are so caught up in all this noise, you know, the music and the the drugs. I mean, drugs are legal basically. Yeah, now. I mean, they just in California they have a space to go do drugs. Yeah, in Southern California, L.A which they got in San Francisco and they're opening up different uh, areas. But being high out of your mind all day and the yep. Zanny bars and everything, people are just completely uh, out to lunch. This is why we need a powerful move of the Holy Spirit, God to pour the spirit and bring clarity. Yes. And that's where the revival is going to come. Yep. It's not going to be by our strength or like church programs, you know. Yep. We're going to do this church program and this is going to help. No, we need a powerful move of the Holy yeah. Spirit to go out like what they did in the, in the Jesus People Movement they were out in the beaches. They were like just basically in the communities, and that's where the Great Commission comes. Jesus says, "Go out and preach the gospel, uh, uh, you know, to just start in Jerusalem and then to the outer parts." Yeah. And he says he'll be with us all the way till the end of the age. That's now. That's now. And and another parallel, as you're saying yeah. that, another parallel that we need to remember as guys that are going to be part of the new wave is the parallel within the church that was judging all of the sin that was happening. Because we look back on it and we, you know, it's like rose colored glasses and then the surfers came and all the pastors welcomed them. And that's just not how it happened. Yeah. It was actually a bunch of youth that were, that were straying from God and they were, their life was becoming obviously unrighteous Mm -hmm. and you had young people sleeping together and doing drugs. And what the initial response of the church was, um, we're church people and you you guys are sinners. (laughs) Yeah. So once you get a haircut and, you know, a new change of clothes, we can tell you about Jesus. And then there was a very unique and narrow group of guys that were like, dude, bring them in. Mm -hmm. And what's happening now? The church age that we live in, like all church ages, you're resistant to the new thing. I mean, that's what Jesus came on the scene. And he's like, I'm coming to bring the kingdom of God. But it's kind of like wine. If you try to put new wine in old wineskins, it's going to burst. It's not going to work. And what do we have now? The same stage is being set, and you have a church age. Uh, uh, you have church leaders, and by God's grace, hopefully we have a soft hearts or this that are like, uh, your sexual ethic is going to put you in hell. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it near our kids. Mm-hmm. And your drug use is going to run your life into homelessness not allowed on our campus, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, obviously there's wise discipleship and all this, but to be a non-judgmental believer is part of the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. readying of us. Like we got to be willing to bring people in that are from the other side of the kingdom right now. And we've, you know, we've we've seen that as well. It's like, well, going back to like the, you know, you can't put the old wine in a new wineskin because it'll burst. And yeah. you know, that's clearly, as you know, that's showing that like when God doesn't move with the spirit, like, when God was bringing uh, John the Baptist, the religious system was broken. Yeah. So he had to have John the Baptist in the wilderness. It was a new move of the spirit outside of the religious system yeah. because that religious system could not handle what was going to happen. Yeah. And then Jesus, on top of it, he got his disciples and continued that new move of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, here we are in the Calvary Chapel or just at the church at large, yeah. right? Um, there's a new time, a new generation Sin is sin, still the same. Nothing's new under the sun, as you guys are talking about, which yep. you guys' whole series here at Kevin Chapel Boise. But um, I believe that he's going to raise up a new new group of young, you know, young people, and even like older guys that are down, like the original oh, yeah. guys that are going to be open to a move of the spirit. Yep. 
and, and see what God wants to do in a new way. And those people that are not open to that, to reaching these new generation of kids, that they're going to be closed off and that, that God's going to move around them. Because, you know, if you're not open to the LG, I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore. Yeah, LGBTQ rainbow. rainbow. Yep. If you're not open to that community, we know from the Barnabas Group statistics and, and other statistics out there that, you know, these are high numbers of a gay community or bisexual or pansexual or whatever that are growing. And I truly believe that community, as it keeps increasing and going more mainstream, people are just jumping on board because it's cool, um, that this could very well be the hippie movement of, 100%. of the whatever, 2000, you know. Well, it's 2000. like all things that, as you all say, sin is like a lure in the water. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's, I mean, in the rainbow community, you get acceptance, you get Mm -hmm. festivals and you get, you get a, a little tiny flash of purpose and meaning because you've joined it, but it's not actually substantive purpose. And so what we're going to find, and we're already starting to see this, is we're going to find a bunch of people like in the late sixties and seventies who were trying to find purpose and they were all about it. And then they found themselves wanting something else. And Mm -hmm. I think we have to be willing to say you know, it's like that, that parallel in the word where it says God gives them over mm-hmm. to their sin, not because he's done with them, mm-hmm. but because sometimes you've got to let people experiment with what the world has to offer Absolutely. so that they can know that they need salvation. And I think we're on the cusp, right. you know, we're on the cusp of a bunch of young people saying, we haven't found what we're looking for. And we've tried and we were told it was going to be like this acceptance and we were going to be satisfied and they're not going to be satisfied. But it's, it's having that grace to allow them work through that because, you know, we, us as Christians, because we have the Bible, we have the truth. We know, like we get, we know the facts, like, no, listen, yeah, wages yeah. and lead to death. Don't do it. This is horrible. Yeah. But people have to walk through that process. They have to come to the end of themselves. Just like if you go on to take an alcoholic to uh, the AA, they're like, Ryan, I need my, my, my father's an alcoholic. I need you to help him. And I'm like, well, does he want help? Hmm. No. Like, well, you got to let him run yeah, his course. Yeah. And even if you call, hey, hey I got to put my son in, uh, in, the, in your guys' class. And they're like, is he done? No. Yep. Okay, just let him do his thing. Yep. But it's that grace and allowing them to get to the end of themselves. But I truly believe in this time that we're living in, you know, the weed is purer than ever. The MDA is purer than ever. The LSD is purer than ever. The, 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 you know, the pills, the, the Xanny bars and all the stuff, the, the, the legal, I guess, pills that everyone are taking are purer than ever. The Oxycontin, the fentanyl, and then the amount of music festivals and the experiences you can have. Oh, yeah. And, and New Age and people are, Joe Rogan and these guys are, are drinking ayahuasca and a lot of the rock stars are going to shamans in New York City and these different places yeah. because they're looking. They're Dude. at the end. They're looking for God. And I believe truly that People are going to get to a place where they they're just they're just finding emptiness yep. and and that Jesus is going to be a thing. Yeah. And what you said, they're looking for God. It's dude. It's undeniable that even with a rejection, like we've never seen a rejection of God like this in our country. But even as people flee Christianity and reject the idea of the one true God, they cannot escape a desire for God. They're going down and meeting with the Peruvian shamans Mm -hmm. trying to find a spiritual experience. Like that drug you mentioned is a spiritual pursuit drug. And people are like, how do I get it? It's not like, oh, well, dude, why would I ever want spirituality? It's like, I want to book a ticket to Peru. Like a a lot of people are still looking for spirituality, even though they don't even believe it. You know, know, it's funny that you said it because even in um, like Hollywood, people very spiritual mm-hmm. everyone's i'm not religious mm-hmm. i'm spiritual so like because you know we're all created with that that emptiness that because we're, we're, we're spirit right and we're, we're we're looking for spirituality but people don't want religion rightfully so because they see that religion or christianity or different things always tied to like people begging with money on tv or buy this holy yeah. water. there's yeah, a bad yeah. representation oh for sure you hear about pastors you know, running their church like a nightclub and like sleeping with girls and, or like, you know, in a lawsuit for embezzling, you know, money. And it's just really bad how things, you know, ministries and different people can get uh, a black eye. But when you go to the, the, the actual scriptures, you see that Jesus was anti all that stuff. Sure. He just wants a relationship. So the world is looking for spirituality through uh, new age crystals, 
Um, you know, even in Hollywood, there's a lot of like Christians that call themselves Christians, but there's a lot of new age and people, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So you can see how the enemies work. So people are looking, but they just have to be connected well, to the real thing. Well, that's what I think you nailed it when, when you say gen- it's like genuine. They want yeah. it. They don't want it to be something that is coming on a billboard and yeah. like a, you know, buy my magic faith cloth. Right. I mean, that stuff is obviously fake. Yeah. But I think the the draw to crystals or shamans, it's it, they're just looking for something that hasn't been completely bastardized yeah. by an industry. And I think the reason I'm like into the gospels right now is so, in some ways they're right about the modern Christian experience is you walk into a church and it's just this, it almost feels like you're like a membership and here's your here's you know the aisle for kids and here's the aisle for music and here's your aisle for self-help yeah. and people are like just i'd rather have crystals because i at least know that is not tainted by the industry of capitalism wherever they yeah. frame it yeah. so i think if we can like what you're doing just look at what jesus was actually about because yeah. jesus would walk into some churches nowadays and be like this is not yeah. my house yeah and i think if we can elevate the real Jesus, the genuine, he doesn't have a dollar to his name, Jesus. He's like pursuing life with fishermen. And it's like that person needs to have a total revival in in the way that he's shared and preached. And when I've come across people and, and, you know, I'll ask them, how can we believe in Jesus? They'll come up, why, you know, they'll come up with these reasons why, what we discussed. But when you start telling them, like their picture of who Jesus is. But then when you start actually telling them about the Jesus of the Bible, well, this is what the Bible actually teaches. And you start telling, reading scripture or telling the stories, then I'm like, what do you think about him now? And they're like, dude, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wait, he went around and helped the poor. Mm-hmm. He healed people. He drove the religious leaders crazy. Mm-hmm. The guys that were like corrupt, they're like, dude, we really like this mm-hmm. guy. You know, he, he forgave people. Mm-hmm. He helped people. The Jesus of the Bible is what people need to know. So that's, I guess, the whole goal is that we have to, as a church, and when I say church, not the building, you know, people, I'm talking about us as the church, we're all Christians together. We are the church. We have to love people, and we have, they should see Jesus of the Bible through us. Well, even, I mean, you, you qualify it, which I think is good, because you never want to make, you never want to talk about the bride of Christ and I don't think we should ever defame the church, because yeah. Jesus is basically saying, I'm getting the church ready to marry her, you know, so you would never want to talk badly about someone's fiance or whatever. But I also will say as a church insider, I can speak just genuinely that the church needs Jesus too. Like the church age, even a pastor, there's times where I'm like, I am so, I I want to be with Jesus so desperately in a new way that I feel like I have to leave the church, you know, like, cause it's so many, and this is all part of just work and this is every industry, but you just get called to so many meetings so much administration. There's so much just trying to figure out how to to, to keep the the church wheels turning that you can literally do so. And it's you know it's all in the word. He's like, hey, God has done great things. It's in Revelation. You've done great things. You've but done, you lost for slow, yeah. but but you forgot about me. Yeah. And it's like we read that now, and I'm like, 2022 Christianity doing great things, mm-hmm. but Jesus, dude, and and it's like a longing. That I think many people in the church have, you know. I I, I agree. I it's it's very easy to uh to get sidetracked and busy and not read the Bible mm-hmm. or or you could be doing all the ministry stuff and you're like I'm doing it and this is why a lot of people get burned out. Yeah. Um. They they get too busy doing all this like ministry stuff, but they don't have that relationship. No, anymore. dude. And there's no power without the relationship. You could do all these good works, like it talks about, like that scripture you were talking about. But he's like, dude, you've got, you're doing all this stuff. Yeah. Your church, your church looks alive, but it's actually dead because there's no relationship. Yeah. You know, and as we talk about that, you know, I, I've been uh, I've been teaching this message, and it's about uh, character and how God, like us as Christians, when we when you get saved, you start reading the Bible, and you're like, you know, you're looking at Jesus's life, and you're like, what? You get filled with the Spirit. You're you're going out. You're 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 telling people your story. You're talking about the gospel. You can lay hands on the sick. Maybe you cast the demon out or something. You're just like doing what you saw in the Bible. And it's so exciting. And that's what we want to uh, be able to live is this powerful yeah. ministry of the gospel. But God doesn't 
that's all awesome. And, and Jesus, Jesus is like, yeah, like, I want you to do that. Yeah. But he doesn't care about that. What he wants is a relationship. Yeah. And it's about our character. Yeah. And the most important thing for us as Christians, pastor or you know, uh, someone that comes to the church, a lawyer that comes to church, whoever it be, the president of the United States, whoever it be, a uh, mom at home, which is the hardest job ever. Yes, thank you, moms. The mom, <laughs> dude, that's the hardest job we, ever. We, we both have yeah. uh, four kids My each. wife's a saint. Oh my gosh. You have, you have, your, your, your yeah. wife has four kids yeah. too, saint as well. Yes. Um, but the most important thing is uh, is that relationship and to be, uh, yeah. it's, that, it's that character and through the character of just reading the word and having that relationship then God does all that, that, all that cool stuff. Oh dude. And it's well. so hard. There was, um, there's a season of our, of our pastoral team. And we, we just brought it back where once a week we would do a day of prayer and fasting, which seems like, I mean, we get into that rhythm and it's like prayer and fasting once a week. And you tell the admin staff or people try to get hold of you. And they're like, they're actually, this is their mountain day where they're yeah. by the river. They're in the woods. Yeah. We open the word and we go pray for, probably about three hours each where we're just, and it's, it sounds like something that in some sense is like, of course you should do that. You guys need. And then we didn't do it for a while. And it was like, dude, it's so hard to carve out a relationship with God because life gets so busy that that became our lifeblood. And we tell people we do that as pastors and like, dude, we only do that once a year. We only do that every quarter. We do a prayer retreat and we're like, dude, if you don't do it once a week, if you don't seek God once a week, it goes so fast before you're like, oh man, it's been so long since we just prayed <laughs> as a group. You know? No, it is. It, it, it is true. I know. The, and these are the basic things that it's so funny you said because this is like in the Bible. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, you guys pray they're, once they're, a week. People they're, think we're weird. They're talking about praying and <laughs> yeah. fasting and and I mean, I, there was there was a. I, it's funny because I, I was into a lot of prayer and fasting, and then all of a sudden, once we had kids, yeah, every it's like I feel like we were like sleep deprived. And I'm like, <laughs> Word, I need food, yeah. I, and there's seasons, but like, totally. but, but but as a church, you could set up that day. Like yeah. there should be a, and I want to actually join you guys on that. You have I wanna, to. I want to definitely get uh, more plugged in with you guys, but that's something that's been on my heart recently is to to get back into more fasting. But I was fasting a lot, like yeah, like weekly. I was. Uh, oh, uh, dude. Into, and it became very normal. Yes. A very normal thing. Yeah. To do. But then when you get out of it, but then you look back and you realize, whoa, God was speaking so much during these times. Oh, he does, dude. And then you realize how much just doing it, you realize just putting your phone down for three hours, how refreshing that yeah. is. And then not doing it. It's like, dude, you just get piled on mm -hmm. away from the word and away from the Lord that it can go so fast. Uh, it's dude, it's a discipline to go out and it just is. be with the Lord because mm -hmm. it's last on our list if we're not careful. Yeah. And so when we talk about relationship, it's like, you're right. What does that actually look like? And I'm not saying every person has to do a day of prayer and fasting a week, but what does it look like to actually pursue God so much so that you're willing to put down your phone, you're willing to put down your agenda, you're willing to seek him with a rhythm of your life so that you can have a, a an actual childlike faith all mm -hmm. stirred in you all the time. And it will if you read. You know, yeah. I just recently did. Uh, so I go to, I go, like to go through the Bible once a year. So I, I'm a really slow reader. Mm. So I've been, I start off by doing it with the audio Bible on the, yeah. on the Bible app. And that just helped me just, you know, when you're driving, oh, yeah. you could just, you could just go through the Bible quickly yeah. pretty much. But this year I decided, cause I, I've, I, I'll study different parts and I'll underline certain things. But this year I decided instead of going through the audio, you know, every year I'm going to just read through it mm. and I'm just mark stuff. And I, I decided I go, I'm not going to read those, like those, those, those mega verses, like, mm. you know, like God so loved the world that he gave his son or like mm -hmm. all things work together for good. Mm. I'm like, I'm going to underline things that God speaks to me right now in this new season. That's cool. And I've been going through it just, and I went through, uh, I'm in, I'm in Romans right now. I think I went through John, uh, Luke and Romans or something. And I'm in Romans right now. I mm. just finished it. And God is just speaking to me in a new way and all these new verses and stuff. Cause you know, the Bible's alive, right? Yes. Uh oh, we're at break. Hey, uh, well, I guess we might have to get to another radio show with your story, because this, this, this is good stuff here. Dude, how did that? That was so fast. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to break in, in, for like two minutes, but uh, please check out Calvary Chapel Boise. Uh, they're in Idaho. And go to our YouTube channel. Uh, type in my name, Ryan Reese, and you can get all the past radio shows that you can watch. Or you can even tune into our podcast and just download whatever streaming platform and get on the podcast program on YouTube as well. We have just, uh, we have uh, movies we put out. 
at thewhosoevers.com. So we'll talk to you guys in two minutes right after the break. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Over the past four years, an astounding 51,000 students from seven states, five countries, and 183 schools have responded to the gospel message because of the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. A 15-year-old living in today's world gathers as much information in one day as a 15-year-old 80 years ago would have gathered in one full year. Do you realize the youth suicide rate is at an all-time high? Listen, in the next 24 hours in the USA alone, 1,439 teens will attempt suicide. Every 100 minutes, a teen takes their own life. 2,795 teenage girls will become pregnant and 15,006 teens will use drugs for the first time. The increasing amount of noise bombarding our students daily is destroying their minds and souls at an alarming rate. For this reason, the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour is a necessity. All right, dude, we are at the Kill the Noise Tour. We're in California right now, and it's about to pop off. We're getting everyone ready. We're going to pray, and then uh, basically the event's going to start, and we're going to see all kinds of kids come to the Lord. It's going to be sick. as many students as we possibly can with the message of the gospel. This is no easy task. We need kingdom builders like you to join us in this battle against the ever-increasing noise that surrounds the lives of these students. Please consider helping us expand this mission by partnering with the Whosoever's Kill the Noise Tour. Thank you for empowering future generations with us. Well, we are back. I have Tucker, Calvary Chapel, Boise. I'm going to let you pronounce your last name. So you, you can dude. do the Idaho version yeah. or you can do the Hawaiian version. Or just the straight up Tucker Miley. You know, Tucker like, Miley, I got is. the third. But Tucker Mail, if you're uh, <laughs> if you're looking for the politically correct name. There it is. Okay. Yeah. And uh, check them out. Uh, just Google them. They're here. They're in uh, the Boise area. Yeah. And uh, they like to party. I don't think anything will show up on Google, but you can <laughs> no. do it. If you find me, what's up? You can find them. <laughs> yeah, you'll uh, find them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, uh, hey, right before the break, we were talking about um, just, you know, it, it's been cool just to kind of walk through the, the birth of the Calvary Chapel movement, who God uh, used within that, just like some, some common yeah. people. And then there was like this age of like where people got really um, uh, organized. And now we're just seeing... Uh, this whole new uh, time in, in culture where yeah. the signs of the times look like what was happening back in the sixties and seventies movement, you know, the unrest in culture, yep. war, uh, racism, yep. free sex, right? Yep. Anything goes, that's kind of the way it, it was there. And now um, 
people are looking for spirituality. As we were talking about Joe Rogan, you know, doing ayahuasca and DMT. Yeah. That's another one. And a lot of musicians and artists. I mean, I, I can tell you stories of stories of of people that musicians that have had put had stones put on them in um, management companies wow. and they do rituals over them. And wow. then next, you know, they get a record deal. These are like real stories oh, that you hear about on this, on, on, you know, the internet, but it's real stuff. Yeah. But people are looking for the real thing. And us as Christians, right before the break, we were talking about how, you know, when we read the Bible, we want to, we're reading it. We see it, what we can do through the power of the Holy spirit and reach people for Christ and God wants us to do that. But the most important thing, as you were saying, even with your church, is about fasting once a week, praying and hearing from God. Yeah. So we need to hear from God. Yeah. We need to be men and uh, women of the word of God. Yeah. And uh, it's our, our character. Yeah. Character is crucial. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have a bad character if you're not reading mm. and you're not praying. Because yeah. I know when I don't read, I get too busy in ministry or yeah. caught up in dad life or, or, you know, husband or just business yes. that when you don't read, all of a sudden you start, not, you're not acting right. And I would add to that yeah. the challenge of the, as we've kind of called it, the tame, organized, cleaned up church right. is that you can actually figure out how to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, when church becomes mainstream and when it becomes on every corner, like it is in our city, you can show up and you can be like, dude, my life wasn't going well. And now I need to get organized and cleaned up for my life. Mm -hmm. And so I get plugged in and you actually don't have an encounter with God. You have an encounter with Christianity mm -hmm. and you can live a very cleaned up, organized, green grass lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a radical, and this is what Jesus says, yeah. you have to be born again. Yeah. And I think what we will see, and it feels like this whole show, we should watch in 10 years from now and see how much we were like predicting the weather. But what we'll see in the next 10 years yeah. is people going from knowing how to go to church to knowing how to follow Jesus. And the, and the X factor will be born again, radical experience with the Holy Spirit. And that's the difference between a religion yep. and a relationship. Yep. You could be religious going through the motions, yes. but no relationship. Now, talk about being born of the Spirit. Just just let people know that don't even know that are listening. What, what does that even mean? So, to, wow, great question. Take your time. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, the concept of being born again is this idea that rather than just reforming your life, mm -hmm. rather than, you know, kind of as I described, you're, you're looking for the next thing to do to give your January 1st to, if you think of it in, in, in the idea of kind of a, a reform or a resolution. Mm -hmm. um, religion is a resolution to life. Religion says, okay, come in. You were doing a X diet and you were doing this with your money and you were doing this with your relationship. Now we're going to give you a new self-help book and we're going to uh -huh. say, do these things. Right. Um, and that, like all self-help, it will work for a season because you are committed in your own spirit to try it. So any diet can work at January 1st to February 1st because you're committed to try. Yeah. And then what happens? It fails because you don't have the power in yourself to actually reform. Yeah. And same with religion. It's like, okay, try God by going to this church at this time, join this group, read this book, and it's just a program. And so what the, the Jesus brings on the scene is you cannot reform your own life. You can't just get so strategic about... The, your morality and your ethics that you will live a better life because eventually it wears off and the thing inside of you, which is always there will take you back to the life that you don't like and the life that's not working. So the born again concept is you actually have to have a brand new creation put inside of you. And that's the Holy spirit. And that's what makes Christianity this radical movement. Every generation experiences the difference between religion, religion and relationship because people finally get the power of the Holy Spirit where they are a new creation. Mm -hmm. The old things pass away. Mm -hmm. The old cravings. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can just get off sugar. It's like you, you put it to death. Yeah. And same with you know, life and morality and life and, and trying to know God. All of the stuff that was religion gets put to death. And you now have this brand new spirit about you. It's mm -hmm. kind of like falling in love. Yeah. Where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't not pursue this person. Mm -hmm. And so God will give that freely. But... This is the age we live in where people need to hear this message of the brand new experience with God. And that is the, uh, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's how you know you have the Holy Spirit because the Bible says, 
All the old things will pass away. Yes. All things will become brand new. Yep. You will become a new creation in Christ. Yep. And that's how you know. Yes. You know, I've talked about this before where I talk, teach and I'll say, you know, if you gave your life to Christ, just, you know, you could believe, you could believe in Christ. That's, it comes through belief, believing with the work on the cross would happen. And then you receive the Holy Spirit. But also the scripture says, you know, that in James, even the, 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 the demons believe yeah. and they tremble. Yes. So it's not, it's about believing but then accepting Christ and then stepping in to what God has and allowing the Holy Spirit to move. And, you know, a lot of people can say, well, I gave my life to Christ, you know, back in 1976. Yeah. If you're still living the, the life, like the, the fruit or like better word would be the actions out of your life. Yeah. If they're the same that they were back then to now, and there's been no transformation process then you haven't really received the Holy Spirit. I mean, if there's been no change, because the Bible says old things will pass away and all things have become brand new. And then it, in chapter, uh, John, I forget what chapter it is, but G Jesus talks about true disciples in the New Living Translation. It says true disciples. And he talks about, you know, on judgment day, some are going to say, Lord, Lord, yeah. you know, we cast out demons. We prophesied. We did all these signs and wonders in your name. And Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. Get away from me, you who break God's law or you mm -hmm. workers of iniquity. So these people, it, okay, in order to do signs and wonders and cast out demons and stuff, you got to be spirit-filled, yeah. right? Yeah. These people believed in Christ at one time. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a transformation process. They were doing this stuff. But for whatever reason, they got lukewarm like it talks about in Revelations. Jesus says, if you're not hot or cold and you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. For whatever reason, they went back to their old ways. Basically, Jesus talks about good fruit and bad fruit. They became a tree that produced good fruit. For whatever reason, the tree got rotten mm -hmm. and it started producing bad fruit. But they stayed within that rotten fruit and they never confessed their sins and sin overtook their life. And they became workers of iniquity or those who broke God's law. So you got to be careful that. And going back to what we're saying, it's about character. It's be, about being a man of the word yep. of God. Because when you read the Bible, the Bible talks about in James is like, it's a mirror. You read it. Mm. It's like when you wake up in the morning, you know, you yeah, wake yeah. up, you look yourself in your mirror and you're like, I'm tore up from the floor. Yeah. You know, your hair, you're just haggard looking, you know, you put some water on your face, take a shower, hopefully, you know, if you have time and uh, comb your hair or whatever you got to do. But that's what happens with the Bible. You basically look at it and you're like, I'm yep. tore up from the floor, yeah. you know, or yeah. I'm getting tore up and you see things that are wrong with your life. So then from there, you don't just look at the, the mirror and go, man, I'm, 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 you know, I don't have any clothes on. And then you walk out of your house naked. You know, yeah. you don't do that. No, no, totally. Yeah, <laughs> you actually put some clothes right. on and that's what the Bible says as a, as a mirror. Yep. You look at yourself and you're like, oh, I need to change these things as a father. I need to change these things as a husband. I need to change these things as a boss. I need to change these things just as, as, a, as a Christian. Yep. And that's why we have the Bible. We read, we pray, and fasting is crucial as well because there is strongholds. The Bible talks about, Paul actually talks about in Ephesians, says, don't let, in the New Living Translation, I read the New Living Translation because I really stink at reading. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> it says, don't let uh, anger get a foothold. Mm. Don't, let the, don't let Satan get a foothold through anger. Mm. And these footholds or these strongholds or the mainstream could call these addictions, they could get attached to us um, through, you know, the mnemonic realm, realm, Ephesians 6, where you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of, of the enemy of darkness of the unseen world. So there's a, there's a, there's a war going out on outside of time and space that affects what's happening in time aside space mm -hmm. that affects our lives. And this is why as we read, God will reveal his truth through us, but sometimes we need to pray fast to break the work of the enemy in our life. And I'm not talking about being, you know, I don't believe Christians could be demon possessed because right. when you have the Holy Ghost in you, mm -hmm. nothing can penetrate the power and who God is. God is light. When God shows up with the light, the darkness leaves. It has to leave instantly. But what I'm saying is sometimes there's things in our life that we need to pray and fast through because they're strongholds. Yep. And, and that's where fasting is also a good uh, thing to do to break through these things that you just can't shake yep. uh, in your life. So. And, I, and I'm, I'm just, this, this whole conversation, it's like we're weaving in and out of this one theme of like the age we live in. Yeah. And I think what we're describing or kind of this conversation is leading us to this, this 
reminder of the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit, the born again life, yeah. the the character that comes not from reform, but from a born again yeah. you know decision to receive the Spirit. This is what our world needs. Yeah, our world is dying for identity, mm-hmm. and what oftentimes people are looking for is something with God or spirituality or a tribe to belong to that will enhance just how they feel. Right. And it's like, actually what has to happen is you got to throw it all out. (laughs) Just don't try to, don't try to find a church that's going to tell you that everything you're already doing is good and they just need to encourage you. Mm -hmm. And don't try to find a tribe that's like, Oh, I've always felt like an outsider, but this is my real authentic self. And now I belong to this community. It's like what we're experiencing is, the only thing you can do is is find an identity that is so real in the new power of God in your life that all that other stuff passes away. And then you have a brand new call of God on your life. And it's not to revive your sexual ethics. It's not to tell you you've always been good and now you're accepted as you are. It's like throw it all out, get a brand new experience. And that it, to me is where those parallels come in. That's what happened in the late 60s. You're like, dude. We don't know what happened, but now we're just Jesus people. Yeah. That, they literally they call themselves that. And then now we need to say, like, we're not trying to reach you where you're at so you can stay there. We're saying, like, dude, look at this guy's life. You totally radically became a new person. And that, to me, is what this generation is like. Tell me that. Like, how do I do that? Identity in Christ. Okay, you yes. said the word. So, because instead of, like, trying to belong to a clique or a tribe or yep. whatever it is, or you want to go hear some good, like, one-liners from the pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. teaching of the Word of God. Run for people that don't teach the Word of God. I actually got a DM this morning, side note, of this girl that goes, oh, man, I used to come to the, uh, being plugged into your guys' church with the movement, and, you know, I used to get fed, and I felt like I was growing, and I could, you know, I, the Holy Spirit was there. We're, we're, you guys were reading through the Bible verse by verse, breaking it down. She goes, now I'm a part of this other movement, and they don't ever read the Bible, and they just do these little quotes, and she goes, it feels very new agey to me. And I go, run. If they don't yeah. teach the Bible, run for the hills. For real. And that's what you don't want. You want the Word of God. Uh, but identity in Christ, you know, you shouldn't try to be like anybody what you need to be is as you find out who Christ is, you want to be Christ-like. This is why we're called Christians. Mm. They used to call these people in Antioch, which was like Las Vegas back in the mm. day. It was this wild town. And they it was like a derogatory name. They would call them Christians. Mm. Uh, they're Christ-like. Look mm. at these guys. We are Christ-like because we're Christians and our identity is in Christ. And once we find out who we are in Christ, then we discover that he knit us together in our mother's womb. He created us and he gave us these these giftings, these abilities, these uh, desires, all these, everything that makes us who we are, that he actually has implanted those things in us. There are these seeds inside of us. And as he waters us with the living water, these things grow and develop in our life. And that's when we find out who we truly are because we are actually walking in our identity of who he made us to be. And it's all there. It's all the DNA. Everything's implanted in us. But what happens is, we never, when we don't walk in with God, we get ourselves around all these different people and we're trying to find our, our way through groups and different people when Christ will show you who you were created to be. Yep. Now that I found Christ, I, I've always been into skateboarding. Well, skateboarding is still in my DNA. I still yeah, skate, but now real. I've even been able to use it to reach people for Christ when coronavirus hit. Yeah. I've been producing music festivals pretty much my whole life, still able to produce events. You know, now I got to do a book. I didn't know I could do a book, but that was something that was implanted that I would yeah. have never known unless I found out who I was in Christ. These radio shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, whatever. It, the list goes on of, of different things. But what I'm saying is what all the things that I've always been involved in and love to do at a young age, art, music, working with musicians and doing events and bringing the party together. Now I'm using it. Dude, for and that's what, that's what, the identity in Christ's life is, is supposed to do. Yeah. It's not you throw away skateboarding and you get rid of your love for music and cut ties with all of these people that you met. Yeah. It's all of that stuff now has a brand new purpose. Yeah. And there are two things. If we could, if we could give this generation two things, identity and purpose. Yeah. Those are the, those are the two, whether they know it or not, those are the two boxes that, Every young person and anyone outside of God's plan for their life is going through, what's my identity and what am I supposed to do about it? What you're describing is get an identity in Christ, perfect love, perfect kindness, perfect passion, perfect mercy and grace, 
And then all of the stuff you already had becomes full of purpose. Now skateboarding isn't just to land sick tricks and have fun. It's, dude, there's a whole skill of my life that now I can infuse kindness, love, purpose, and passion into. And it's a platform you have. And all the stuff you're doing, it was the identity of Christ that just redeems all that stuff and mm-hmm. gives it purpose. And that's what all of, that's what all of us want. Mm-hmm. I just want purpose. The amount of young people that are looking for purpose and like never before, they're like, what am I supposed to do with my life? They, they don't know what they want to major in. They don't want to do with their college degree. They don't know what to do after they get out. They don't know when they should marry, if they should have kids, what the future of the planet is. It's like, what should I do? And what you're saying is, once you meet Jesus, he takes every little interest of your life and he infuses it with purpose. And he shows you. Have you heard or read um, anything about like, you know, this, this, these young, the new generation youngers, they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. You, you probably mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Them, right? Yeah. And what's interesting is like this relationship with God is like bigger than, than, bigger than ourselves. Because when you give your life to Christ, next thing you know, you're connected to this body, the church, as we were yeah. talking about, worldwide church. And you start traveling around. Like for me, I'm traveling around, meeting all these cool pastors. I have a friend that's out in Arkansas, you know, Florida. And it's like, I'm part of this movement oh, yeah. that's bigger because the, the Christians around the world, it's bigger than ourselves. And the, and we're all in the same mission. Yes. Basically, is we, we keep building the church, we keep loving people, we keep introducing people to Jesus into their identity in Christ and let them know that there's eternal life. They can yeah. be forgiven of all their sins. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I go into public because we speak in public schools a lot, and I'll be like, Y'all a bunch of dirty sinners, and they all just start busting <laughs> like, up. You know why? Yeah, because they know they're dirty. No one has to tell them they're exactly. dirty sinners, they just start laughing. Yeah, and I'm all good. I'm always a dirty I go, I'm a sinner as well, but yeah. I'm saved by grace. Yes, and then I introduced them to like, hey. You could be forgiven of all your sins. And guess what? Those those things that you're doing that you don't like, cutting. Mm-hmm. You're suicidal. You're depressed. You don't know who you are. Yeah. You're struggling with your sexual identity. You don't know if you're a man, yeah. a woman. You're, you're a cat. Yeah. You don't know. You're confused. But God wants to show you who you are in him. And I'm not trying to tell anyone, you know, if you're, uh, you know, if you're gay or lesbian, not to sleep with each other. I'm not saying that God will do that. Let's let the Holy Spirit do yeah. his job. That's not my job is to tell you what to do. My job is to introduce you to Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit implant himself inside you because then you have that born again experience. You turn on, you're illuminated by the power and then God does his job and starts speaking to you. They're hungry for the message, bro. And they want that. Oh, they do. They don't know where to find the meaning bigger than themselves is absolutely the question that that these kids are trying to answer, that we're all trying to answer. And... For whatever reason, the world's just doing a better job offering them that community. So it's like whether it's and, – and this isn't to get into a conversation about any of these groups. But whether it's BLM yeah. or the Rainbow or the Democrat, Republic, whatever that meaning bigger themselves is, they're just looking at the buffet of options and they're choosing one. Yeah. And they're saying, okay, well, here's one. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of feel a little gay, so I'll do that one. Yeah. Or like, dude, yeah. I've always loved, like, I, I don't like racism. I'll do that one. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. what needs to happen is to say, all of these are submissions under the main mission, which is to love God mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the only one that will actually be a meaning bigger than yourself that you can, that you can live for. You know, I was just thinking as you're saying that, you have all these, like, you know, uh, we, we support Ukraine or what, oh, whatever. It's, it's, always, it's always something. New, whatever right? it is. Whatever it is. Doesn't matter. And what, what, what all these different things are doing is they're separating everyone from everyone yeah. because this group hates this group and this yeah. group. But when you think about Jesus Christ, he came and abolished uh, racism. He went and met with the Samaritan woman. Yeah. The Jews were, and the, the Jews and the Samaritans were like the Crips and Bloods in the 80s. They didn't like each other. They were at war. You don't go into the neighborhoods. For real. And Jesus mended that together. And she was her sexual stuff was weird. And he like figured that out for her. He helped her figure out where she was at in all these things that nowadays she'd find a subgroup. Exactly. <laughs> she'd have yeah, to find exactly. a subgroup to help her. So here they are. Now, now this greater cause is the Great Commission and being united with Christ is that we're all in one mission. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. So if you could just love your neighbor as yourself, you wouldn't be giving people fentanyl. You wouldn't be, you know, hooking people up, looking at little kids on pornography. You wouldn't yep. be making drag queens out of 11-year-olds. You wouldn't, you know, turn 
politics against politics. And nope. I mean, these are all avenues of, of just hate that's just festering. But what it all comes down to is that God is love. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to implant his Holy Spirit in you. He wants to give you that new mind, that new heart. He wants you to learn about him through the word of God. And he wants to show your identity, Christ. And then he wants to use you in the giftings, the talents, and the desires that you already have. And there's so many more that you don't even know about because as he reveals them to you, that you will literally find peace in life and just be living the most amazing life ever. But it comes down to that simple simplicity of just surrendering yeah. your life to him. And, and, and being as, as people who believe. Yeah. And we, by God's grace, heard the message and received it. Knowing that all of these subgroups and all these kids and this generation, they're, Jesus looks out and says, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're not finding a shepherd in any one of these groups. If you notice, it's like you can't join a subgroup and then be pastored in it. Yeah. It's just noise on the internet and a bunch of people with signs and festivals. Yeah. But there's not a guide. And so I think as insiders, we have to say, dude, Jesus looks at those people and says, dude, they're ready to bring in. They just need a shepherd. They just need someone to, to tell them this message that you say so clearly. They just need to know what this actually is. And so that they could join, just put it on the table. And it's like Elijah. It's like, dude, let's just see who's when. If, if they knew what you're describing about Jesus and how simple and radical it is to follow him and love him and live for him, that would be the clear option. And it's, it's just a matter of making it, to, uh, bridging the gap in their life. This is why when Sonny, the lead singer from POD, came up with the name The Whosoever's, he told me, hey, we should start a worldwide movement called The Whosoever's. And I said, okay. And he said, John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever from bums the presidents that believe by faith would have eternal life and live. Whosoever's is a group of whoever's. Dude. Anywhere, any group, any language, any color, by believing, can come in to this massive group, this movement, worldwide movement of people that want to love people to death. Dude, so amazing. It's that simple. So amazing. We have two minutes. How do, in one minute, how can someone give their life to Christ? Right now, let's listen. Um, first of all, just hearing that invitation to know that when you say the word whosoever, that means anybody. And it also means anytime. So it's like whosoever, whenever there's no, you know, this, this concept of like, well, I guess I'd have to go meet with a, a priest or a pastor at a church. It's like, here's what you have to do to believe or, or, or to be saved. You have to believe that you're qualified, not because of who you are, but because God said it's for everyone. The only thing that we have in common is that we are all sinners saved by grace. So it's a free gift. Mm -hmm. And then you have to believe that it's an actual message of God's love, God's free gift, and that you qualify not because of who you are, but because of what God has done for you. Wiped away your sin. You could never have done it yourself. He forgives you freely because he paid the price on the cross. And it's a matter of belief in that, nothing else. So yep. you have to literally lay down all other ideas, rights, religion on the table and say, I qualified because God loves me and I'm accepted because uh, now's the day of salvation and it's not anything I've done is all what he's done. And it's that simple. We'll end it with that. Right now, just take that time wherever you're at, in your, in your car, in your house, you watch this thing on a screen, the internet, wherever. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And get a Bible on the Bible app. And you can type in my name or the whosoever's and we actually have seven day devotions going through the Gospel of John. There's a lot of awesome content that we're delivering there. and But you're in the Bible app. So the most important thing, read the scriptures. Yeah. Start in the Gospel of John and continue. We love you guys. Hey, thank you for being on the show. That was amazing. Boise, Idaho, y'all. <laughs> this has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. 
For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.